Hey everyone, it's Rich Bennett, host of Conversations with Rich Bennett, bringing you an exciting chance to win with our latest giveaway sponsored by Tar Heel Construction Group. Get ready to make a splash just by tuning into the podcast. Yes, you heard that right. While you're soaking up our latest episodes, listen closely for a special splash sound. When you hear it, remember the episode name. Here's what you do next. Shoot us an email at podcast at harfordcountyliving.com with the episode title. Each splash sound means a new chance to win. So the more you listen, the better your chances. If you don't have email, then just leave a voicemail from our website at conversationswithrichbennett.com. What's the prize? How about a brand new waterproof Bluetooth speaker? Perfect for listening to our episodes, whether you're in the bath, on the beach, in the pool or on the go. You have until the end of May to send in your entries and we'll announce the lucky winner on June 3rd. Don't miss out on this splashy opportunity brought to you by Tar Heel Construction Group. Dive into our episodes and win big. When it comes to mental health, you would think that there would be a lot of places where you could go to, especially for kids. Well, apparently here in Harford County, that's not the case. I have this young lady on this episode who started a business basically to help people out, especially kids with ADD, ADHD, uh, anxiety disorders, PTSD, yeah, all types of mental illness. But to find out why she started it, I think you're going to be shocked. I know I was. So on this episode of Harford County Living with Rich Bennett, I had the opportunity to speak with a lady that started Norcris Services, Audrey Forca. Stay tuned. Well, this is the last podcast of 2020. And I want to thank all my supporters and the sponsors that have basically helped me keep this thing running all year. And I am really looking forward to 2021 because there are a lot of great guests coming on and of course more podcasts coming up now when i say more podcasts i don't mean just harford county living with rich bennett lifetime oath which is another one i host full launch this year there's the harford business beat with the harford county chamber of commerce that i host there's so many ones coming up and actually another one called the Word with the Inquisitive Book Nerd. That one you're going to love. I just want to thank all my sponsors and all my supporters. And let's go full force in 2021. Welcome to Harford County Living with Rich Bennett, coming to you from the Freedom Federal Credit Union Studios. Each week, you'll hear interesting interviews, commentary, discussions, storytelling, and more. Here's your host, Marine Corps veteran, professional DJ, entrepreneur, podcaster, and my father, Rich Bennett. I'd like to welcome everybody to Harford County Living with Rich Bennett. Today, I actually have the honor of speaking with a young lady who is, and correct me if I'm wrong, the owner? Yeah. Present? Okay. Of Norcris Services, Audrey Forca is joining me, and she's going to explain what Norcris Services are is. But first of all, welcome, Audrey, and thank you for coming on. Thank you, Rich. I'm so glad to be here. I'm glad that River connected us. I know it's fantastic. People are listening, probably going to say River, huh? Who? No. <laughs> River. Right. Her name is so interesting. One time she does fun, wonderful work with children. So one time I'm trying to explain what she does to one of my clients and the mom. And I said, her name is River. So one day the mom calls and said, um, I have an appointment with Flo. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. She just made her connection. The girl flows. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, classic. A conversation topic for her. <laughs> Oh, we. Uh, <laughs> good thing she didn't join us because she'd probably be blood red right now. And for those of you listening, as usual, I'm using uh, Squadcast because it makes it a lot easier when I can see the person. I, I don't know if they like to see me, but it makes it a lot 
easier when I can see the person and talk to them. So it really does make a difference. When you oh, it, it does. Explain to everybody what North Chris Services is. Okay. Hello, everyone. My name is Audrey Forca, as Rich said, and I am the owner of Norcris Services, which is a, a behavioral health. Well, we are, we have two components. We are a psychiatric outpatient psychiatric um, services, and we have a private practice where we see clients provide comprehensive psychiatric evaluations, diagnosis, medication management, and psychotherapies, different modalities, including talk therapy, psychiatric rehabilitation services, as well as provide supportive employment services for our client populations who suffer with all forms of mental illness. And our primary populations that we serve are those in Hartford and Cecil counties primarily, and people in the surrounding communities. And reason being, for clients with mental illness, oftentimes it's so difficult to get an appointment. Right. And you can't imagine when you have a family member who's struggling with a situation and you call an office and say, oh, we'll see you in two months. Oh. <laughs> I usually, it, it just flabbergasts parents. Um, it's sad. It really is sad. We started our practice in 2016. Oh, so we, you're pretty new. We are fairly new. Okay. Yeah. I moved to Hartford County. My husband and I, we moved to Hartford County in 2015. And well, welcome to the county. Thank you. Actually, you know what moved, what moved us here? What's we that? We in Delaware. And at some point we said, okay, let's move someplace different. And we explored different communities. Someone said, oh, move to Ellicott City. It's like a nice, what do you, what did she call it? Bedroom community. This is one of my mentors suggesting that. Okay. Said, well, well, we'll drive about and take a look. So on our drive to Ellicott City, we drove through, somehow drove through Hartford County and decided, well, let's go to a movie. We came through a street that's called Constant Friendship. I said, oh, mm-hmm. the movie theater in a place called Constant Friendship. I think we'll stop and visit here, take a look. And then we looked around some more and there's the Wegmans, a wonderful grocery store. If anybody's familiar with Wegmans, or if you're not, it's a grocery store that's a shopping experience. So we walked through that's there. And I know. It has everything. You can just make a day of it. But I said, okay, I think we have to move here. Well, whatever the case. So we moved 2015. Um, I'm employed at the hospital, Upper Chesapeake Health. Primarily, actually, Hartford, um, Hartford Memorial Hospital. Okay. So I'm working there as a psychiatric provider. Essentially, I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner. And as a psychiatric nurse practitioner, we... I would say physicians or other providers would describe us as extenders to physicians in that we are able to, we see clients, complete um, evaluations, diagnose them, treat them for whatever the ailment that they come to see us for. Um, At the hospital, we primarily only see adults. And for someone with a, a passion for children, I said, okay, if their families and adult people with mental illness, and we know how illnesses go, they're right. oftentimes genetically loaded. And so, okay, if there are families here with, uh, again, adults with mental illness. And then I did a search. I said, okay, how many providers are in the area that serve children with mental illness? And I did a Google search and just said, okay, if I had, a, if I had my child, which we'll get to that point, I'll bring that one up. If I had to take my child to see a, a behavior health provider or a mental health provider, how many people, how easy would it be for me to get an appointment to see someone? I don't want to know this number, do I? <laughs> no, it's, it was really shocking. Um, I checked, you no, know, about three. What? Yeah, three. There was a Dr. Pritt. There's Upper Bay Counseling. And then I, I went even further. I tried calling to make an appointment. So and I was told either... A month, two months, or three months. Oh, get in to see a psychiatric provider, and I was just shocked with that. I said, "Okay, I have to do something about that. I'm able to do that." As psychiatric nurse practitioners, all psychiatric nurse practitioners today are trained to provide um, mental health treatment or treatments across the lifespan. So we're essentially able to see clients from, and this is a good example because our clients range from ages five years old to. My oldest at one point was 84 until she had to move into a, wow. a, a supportive home. 
Um, but we see the entire family and in a very comprehensive, holistic approach or manner, which I think is, is really helpful. Um, so I approached my director of the hospital. I said, okay, we have a service here where we only see adults and the clinic closes at 4 p.m. At the hospital, they have, <laughs> right. At the hospital, we have inpatient behavioral health services. And then we have the outpatient clinic. The clinic opens from 4 a.m. to 4 p.m. So we have uh, okay. Can you imagine? We no. Support. <laughs> Again, the fact that you have an illness does not mean you can't work. So we have clients who work and people with anxiety. I had one client particularly, and this man really inspired me. He was one of my inspiration. I should say I have a few. Um, he works in Towson, which is okay. about 540 minutes to Hartford Memorial Hospital. And he had an appointment with me. Of course, tried to schedule an appointment um, towards the end of the day so he can leave and get to me in time. He gets to my office. He is sweating, almost palpitating. I look at his, his vital sign. His blood pressure is like sky high off the, you know, really high. I was like, what's going on? He's like, oh, my God, just trying to get here to see you before you close. Wow. Heart wrenching. I said, oh, goodness. That. <sighs> You know, Jeez. I know I said I'm causing you anxiety. Then my goal here is to help eliminate or alleviate right. anxiety and not cause you anxiety. So I said, OK, that's another reason why we need something else. So with that in mind and then also that that was the one inspiration. The second, the first, actually, my initial initial inspiration, which actually builds the name for our services, Norcris Services, um, actually is named after my two children, Christine and Norica. OK. Uh, so, um, oftentimes one meets, um, how should I say, I met their parent, I met their dad. As parents, you know, you meet, so you, as growing up, you dream uh, as women. I'm, I'm not sure what you guys do, but as women, we oftentimes dream of, and I'm sure you've heard this story before, we plan elaborate weddings and plan our whole families before we, before we even make them, you know? Yeah. So, I meet my Prince Charming, and... <laughs> We start to build a home, start a family, and some way in between there, you start finding that your Prince Charming is a Jekyll and Hyde or something else that you didn't right. take. Um, and with that, we found that later on, I find that my children are having just off and on weird stomach problems, just constant stomach aches, uh, diarrhea, or somebody, one of them is grinding her teeth, really having trouble sleeping all the time. We go to the doctors, they're not able to find anything, everything's okay. You know, there's no physical condition that they can find with them. I said, okay, something, you know, something must be up. One of them, my youngest, Norika, she, at that point, she was about 10 in middle school. And she decides, oh, I think I want to, I'd like to go to boarding school, mom. I said, wow. yeah, can you imagine? Just out of nowhere. <laughs> right. Well, out of nowhere, at, at some point, I think there was, uh, there was a, a television show that had boarding school in there. Okay. But I asked, okay, so what's, what's driving, you know, what's inspiring them to go to boarding school? She's like, oh, she just like to go away. Most children don't want to leave home, especially not no. in middle school. They don't want to leave home until it's college time. <laughs> right. And so even with college, they kind of get really worried. So she said she'd like to go, to go to boarding school. Thankfully, we were able to, I said, okay, take a look. So she did some searches, again, a really diligent young woman, oh, very forthright. So she looks around, we visit some colleges, and she goes away to school. At one point, while she's away at school, ask how she's doing. We went to a, and this is a long roundabout story, went to a dentist appointment. And one of the questions comes up, it's like, oh, do you grind your teeth? She says, yeah, she used to. And I said, when was the last time, you know, you remember grinding your teeth? She's like, at this point, it's almost been like a year into it. And she's like, oh, when she was at home, when she was living at home. So I'm like, oh, yeah. So I said, oh, what was that about? You know, and then, this, you know, her teeth, she went away to school, her teeth grinding stopped. The constant stomach ache that she used to have also stopped. Again, being a psychiatric provider, I said, I, you know, on my drive back home, because I had to go to school and bring her to the dentist that day. On my drive back home, I'm just thinking what all this, you know, where all these issues were stemming from. And I said, oh, anxiety. These are anxiety symptoms. The stomach aches and diarrhea? Yeah. Really? Yes. 
I had no idea. Stomach ache, diarrhea, teeth grinding, um, just, and we can we can talk. Just wow, that are so out of. They seem innocuous. So it seems like they could be related to something else. Right. And then you come to find out it's it's straight anxiety. Um, so anyway, Prince Charming just doesn't happen. My daughter goes away to college and she's doing much better. Her older sister also, again, is somewhat better. So at some point I said, okay, this relationship is not, it's something that's not going on. We've tried, I'll say intervention with other family members to see to make things happen, but it just wasn't happening. So I said, okay, something has to stop. And I find that oftentimes, not necessarily just women, but I think couples tend to stay in relationships with the hopes that, okay, they're maintaining a good, they're maintaining a family unit, a nuclear family unit. But if it's a nuclear family unit that is toxic and abusive or filled with trauma, you are inadvertently causing serious health consequences to your children. So after I I learned that and I sat down and talked really deeply with my children again during the holiday season, the end of 2014, like New Year, actually New Year's Eve 2014, then the next day, New Year's Day, we sat down, had family meeting. It was okay, this is just not working. We've gone back and forth with this now for years, and our children are suffering the consequences of it. I think something needs to change. So that's when I decided, okay, I want to move to Harford County. So we did. And once I was here and I did this research again, with my kids and mine, I said, okay, we will start. I would like to start a service. And I actually registered the business, Norfolk Services. I didn't quite know what I wanted to do with it yet, but I registered the business in 2013, but really didn't do anything with it. Right. And then in 2016, when when we moved here, I had a good support system within the hospital. My director, Dr. Richard Lewis, was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. I shared with him, I said, okay, this is what I would like to do. I have clients who work, and they, they have difficulties getting to the, to the clinic during regular business hours. Um, I like to cover that service by providing evening hours as well as weekend. And I've also done a search to see what providers are available in the area for children. And there's barely any. So That's I like unreal. To, it really is. So I said, I would like to start a practice that sees children and again, fill in the gap for clients who need providers evenings and weekends, just so that life can continue. And Lord and behold, Norfolk services was born. I mean, I, I registered a company, but not necessarily as a, the name is, again, it's sort of innocuous. It's, it's, um, it's simple, not viable. Yeah. You really wouldn't know that as a behavior help. But when, when that opportunity came, I said, okay, this is what this name was meant for. And it's for behavior help. We started our behavior health clinic. Initially, it was just myself. And then eventually I met River who joined our team, and she's a fantastic woman who does great work with children. Um, I provide the psychiatric evaluation medication management. We also provide, because with children, just as I was saying with my children, as an example, um, the services that they need or the care they need is not necessarily medication. Right. Um, Oftentimes, just plain, simple talk therapy helps them. So we practice or offer cognitive behavioral therapy, and there's a manualized one um, program that we use called COPE, which um, stands for Creating Opportunities for Personal Empowerment. Um, Yeah. So COPE really helps children build resilience um, and just coping with the daily life stuff that happens to them. Um, It helps them just think about what they're thinking, what they're feeling, and as they feel, what, how it makes them act or react. Right. To um, so I found that if we are able to just arm our children with with good tool, with tools on just how to deal with daily life, so whether it's bullying or, again, anxiety, living in a home where parents are fighting all the time or living in a home where parents or drinking or um, addicted to substances and starts behaving irrationally. Um, and oftentimes the children become the scapegoat to that because simply because they're there, yep. no, no fault of their own. Um, just having a, a place where they can come and talk with someone and say, this is what I, this is what I experienced today. I went to school and XYZ was picking on me or this happened today at home. Just to be able to assert themselves and do so 
in a way that is healthy and 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 and, and good, not um, destructive. Because what I find is that again, sometimes our young children would either resort to cutting themselves or sometimes even drugs. Yeah. So when we arm them with tool, different tools, whether it's just being able to think about what we want to do or debrief to 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 cope with situation, it just makes so much of a difference. And then actually induce the helping them plan ahead. Stay with us. We'll be right back. See, I, I never, that cutting, I never even heard of that until my daughter was in middle school. Really? And she, yeah. And she mentioned that to me about, you know, I think she said one of her friends does that. I'm like, why would somebody want to cut themselves? Okay. And luckily I was, you know, I was friends with the girl's parents. I let their, let their parents know, you know, right. because obviously they're so, but no, I never, never heard of that until mm-hmm. my daughter was in middle school. You have children who, again, when they're anxious or worried, they will do, they'll go out of their way to do some, sometimes do things to harm themselves. Now with the cutting, again, that's a, a Humans, we have all sorts of different coping mechanisms. Denial mm-hmm. is one. Um, cutting for some is another. Just self-mutilation. And in, in self-mutilating, oftentimes our bodies produce, has its own endogenous opioid system. So when you cut or when you hurt yourself, your body immediately gets like this. It, it shoots out a burst of opioids, your own endogenous opioids, to combat pain right. that you experience. So for children who are struggling with either anxiety or depression, when they're feeling so hurt emotionally, they tend the cut to ameliorate that emotional pain with some physical sensation, something that they can feel. And in so doing also um, feels, uh, again, some pain, some relief. Wow. Is it always, is it sometimes, again, it can be dangerous in that for children who cut or people who cut, sometimes they don't mean to cut as deeply, but they cut and sometimes, of course, anytime you open a flesh or your skin, you leave room for infections. Yeah. Um, so not a good coping strategy. It's I'm I'm still blown away by the fact that there were only three doctors in the area. Now, are you still working at the hospital? I am at the hospital. So you, I'm sorry. I say yes. I still am at the hospital, but here's what happens. I'm still at the hospital four days a week, but again, as providers um, in mental health, I, I'm here. And then I also train um, psychiatric nurse practitioners who are in school at this point. So I precept psychiatric nurse practitioners. And in doing so, I've been, over the past four years that we've been in practice, we've been able to recruit two additional psychiatric nurse practitioners who are with me in the practice. So for a good portion of the, the week, they're here. And then I'm here at the clinic two days a week, but Again, just focused at the hospital for most. I was going to say, time. when do you get any alone time? <laughs> Sundays. <laughs> okay, that's the most important day, so that yeah. that counts. Now, how are your children actually doing now? Right now, they're doing wonderfully. You know, good, doing really good, and I'm I'm thankful for that. Um, so just to go back to the again the anxiety portion, and here's some. If I can give you some statistics that will blow. Yes, please do. Oh gosh. Um. Of course, I think most people are familiar, you've heard that one in four people in our population nationally suffer with some form of mental illness or depression, okay? Um, But when it comes to teenage, to children, and here's a a scary one. The most recent research by the CDC says that the number one, actually in Hartford County, the number one cause of death for children between the ages of, um, between the leading cause of death of children between the ages of 10 to 34 is, is suicide. Suicide, yeah. Which is really, it's, 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 it's just, that, sh- that shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't. And then for nationally, within the CDC in 2018, like 596 children between the ages of 10 to 14 killed themselves. Well, secondary to the second leading cause nationally, the second leading cause of death among young people between 10 to 14 is suicide. And then only second to unintentional injuries. 
And again, some of these unintentional injuries could be, again, the self-mutilation, not really wanting to hurt you, not really wanting to die, but doing something just to escape from that emotional yeah. pain that they're feeling. So it's, it's worrisome when one looks at those numbers. And then when you think of, when you think of the number of children who actually receive care, 60% of adolescent children and adolescents don't, aren't in any type of care at all. Um, Whoa, wait a minute. Health, as far as behavioral health goes, they're not receiving any care. And this is- 60%? Yes. Oh my okay. God. And this is, um, this is data according to the National Institute of Health. So 60% of these kids are getting no help whatsoever. None. And then that, who are getting help, there's about 19.6% of them are getting counseling, either through a mental health professional, which I think is a wonderful step because with children, as I mentioned earlier, medicine's not the answer. It's not, not necessarily right. the first step. But with children who are going through, particularly through either life changes, if, if mom and dad are going through a divorce or substance use issues, or even just for themselves, as they transition in life between, say, first um, elementary school to middle school or middle school to high school and then high school to college, those periods are a very challenging time for most children, as I've come to learn over my, my years of practice. Um, and during that time, if there's someone that we can have children just talk to and just really, as I would say, in this day and age, download all the different emotions that they're feeling and the fears and the worries that they're feeling about this life change period in their in their in their life in their life journey it makes it so much easier for them to yeah. chart that territory. Um, so we have like 19.6% nationally of children who are in, in some sort of mental health care. Now for those who are doing medication and counseling, it's about 17.9% altogether and say about 4.6% only doing medication. Um, so when you think about that, it's, it, there's not really, enough resources out there for them. There, there really isn't. And, um, and that's, I don't understand that because I mean, the kids are the future. They really are. We, really there are. should be, as there should be resources out there everywhere to help them. And mental health is a, I mean, a grow, especially now during COVID, a growing issue. Is tantamount. Um, it's with one of my soapbox. I always say one of my my soapbox for policymakers is just as everyone has a primary care doctor or a pediatrician, I think we should all be required. I think they should make it policy, policy that everybody should have a, a, a not a psychiatrist per se, but a therapist. Yes, I, I agree it, with you. I call a good therapist or someone that you can just go and talk to and download to. A good life coach. Okay. I, I agree. I, that's that's actually a great idea because, yeah, you think about it, you talk about therapist or a life coach. If you have somebody to talk to, yeah. Because let's let's face it, if somebody has problems, a lot of times they don't want to talk to family. Because the family is a problem, right? Often. Sometimes they don't want to talk to friends, right? Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of times they want to talk to strangers. And yeah, I, I gotta tell you this funny story. Me and uh, uh, I always, I'm very sociable. I love to talk to people. Okay. And we were, I was at a store one day and checking out. Of course, the lady asked me, you know, did I find everything? I said no. <laughs> I said it just like that, very harsh. She goes, "Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. What, what, what couldn't you find?" I said, "I've been looking for the hair on top of my head for a long time. I haven't been able to find it." She, I mean, she just started busting out laughing. She was, oh, thank you. You made my day. Well, I went back to that store, I guess it was a week later or whatever, and saw her again. And she pulled me to the side. She goes, you know, I really want to thank you. I said, for what? She goes, well, when you came in that day and you told me this, she goes, I was seriously thinking about going home and hitting the bottle. She goes, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And I, I was just having a bad day. I wanted, I wanted to go home and hit the bottle. And just from you coming in and saying that, you made me smile. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. I said, you you helped change that. How I wonderful. said, well, thank you. But it's just it just show, goes to show you, you can – I always say smile at everybody. Because if they're having a bad day, that smile 
can it change really your day. Up. It really does. I mean, it's and with kids. Oh my God! You, everybody's got to do their part to help them out and talk to them. You never know what kids are going through at mm-hmm. home or even with their friends. With your friend, and then speaking of friends today, and here's the other really shocking statistics. Um, in the past, it used to be that boys would be more likely to harm themselves or hurt themselves when they're feeling bad for one reason or another, mm-hmm. or not. Well. The boys tend to use more lethal methods, just like men do. When they say they're going to do something, they do it, and oftentimes they're very successful with it. Right. But the sad and the scary thing now is what, speaking of friends, is that girls, um, young young adult girls who are, let's say, in their early 20s, and those who are good earners, actually, and in Hartford County, it's like, girls are harming themselves more now, actually even completing suicide more now. And the American Psychological Association came up with, again, they've made some correlation that now the use of the proliferation of uh, social media, where girls are comparing themselves to all these curated, Mm -hmm. perfect life, you know, on social media that is so not, most, anybody, nobody can really live up to those expectations. No. Um, Sometimes, why would you want to? Right. So, and so you have people, again, our young people today who, and especially now during this whole coronavirus and the COVID, yeah. where their only friends connection is through social media or online, but then you have friends who would either A, block you off or delete you from reach contacting them. Gone are the days when, say, you have a disagreement with a friend and you can walk up to them and say, oh, hey, what happened? You know, I don't know. You know, can we talk? Yeah. Now, it's like if somebody just wants to talk with you, they either ghost you and go say it. Yeah. You know, they don't answer your calls. They delete you from their friend groups. And then with that, children today are, again, especially teenagers, they disappear in their rooms. And with parents, I would say, please, 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 as much as you can with teenagers, as much as they tell you, leave me alone, go away, ever so often, turn on them, don't. Mm -hmm. Because the more they say, leave me alone, know that they're asking please pay, talk to me or please spend time with me. That's really the, the opposite way of communicating. Yeah. So, and if they're not able to do that again, just something again, knowing that as a, having your following your parental intuition and say, okay, I think we need to go talk with someone. Or would you like to talk with someone? Of course, the one thing too is with teenagers, they're just so, ooh, so temperamental. that <laughs> You think? <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> it's temperamental that sometimes, you know, as angry, uh, the angry persona they project is so not who they are. And they're these soft, cuddly little people inside. They just want to hug and squeeze your cheeks or something. Um, and if you, you can offer, again, to say, well, let's go talk with someone or see someone. And oftentimes I'll have parents who will bring a young person in my office and they'll sit there just with a biggest scowl on their face. Okay, right. like, hey, you know, what brings you here? And then sometimes the minute I'll, you know, I'll send mom or dad out of the room and then we start talking, they open up and just, again, it's almost like a waterfall, a water that just comes. Yeah. But I mean, sometimes they might, they'll hesitate a bit. I say, okay, you've taken the time to really just come here and sit with me. Let's make use of it. And before that, if you start talking about their friendships, their boyfriends or girlfriends, <laughs> and again, these are the things which is quite age appropriate for them. You start talking about those, and that's where a lot of their issues and some of their stresses are. Or for your your our, our nerds, which I, I love my nerdy kids. Um, they're academics, those who are just so smart and intelligent and so high strong that they have to have an A in everything that they do. Yeah, all are perfectionists. Nobody's perfect, and having a B is okay. Yeah. So we'll have to share that with them, but it's not okay for them, but just being able to have someone share with them, you know, you are, again, you're fantastic at this, this, and this. And if you were to get one A or one B or one B or C, it's not the end of the world and it's okay. Just being able to validate them in that way. It's yeah. A, it's a wonderful gift. I think what, what kids, especially if kids, parents, and even friends and other family members are quick to criticize right. them. But 
they're not as quick to uh, give them praise. And I think that's one of the things we, your kids need to hear more praise, you know, that they've done a great job. And yeah, if you did a C, you know what? That's great. It's not a D. You know, and that's, I think that's something that all of us need to learn. We need to look at everything with a, a positive approach. Definitely. There's always something positive about something. Someone. Right? Yeah. You always find a positive feature or characteristic about a person. I kept, I kept pushing that on my daughter. I said, you tell me any person. I said, there's always good traits about somebody. She was not everybody. I said, really? I said, I'll give you a prime example. I said, you just learned about Charles Manson, right? Mm-hmm. She goes, yeah, he was evil. There was nothing good about him. I said, actually, believe it or not, he was an excellent songwriter. Right. He, he can make it into music. I He's think. an excellent songwriter and I believe a good artist. I said, so there. I said, there's something good about everybody. Now, right. did he take those good things and... You know, expand on them? No, but still, no. there's, there's, and you know, I, I, and it's just you got to look, look out for that stuff. You got to look for the right. good stuff, right? And, and that's the thing with Charles Manson. Just again, having, I think I watched one of his, the documentaries on him. Again, he was a wonderful songwriter. Mm-hmm. Where again, depending, I don't remember his his total childhood, the child rearing period, but he was rejected so many times. Yeah. Because he presented his music, nobody really, everybody thought, okay, go away. He just hadn't met that person who believed or could see his vision. And I think with that, the frustrations came in and then he started what he did, what he was doing. Yeah. Um, whereas if there was that one person in his life who would just validate it for him, you know, that you are a fantastic songwriter and you can do this, then hopefully, possibly, maybe, we don't know. Yeah. Um, the, the other aspect of him wouldn't come out, which is where, again, with Adnorka Services, we really work to build resilience and help all our children that come in here to identify what their, I always ask my young people, actually, what your special power is. Okay, I we, like that. We each as individuals have our special power. And I come in here, we have young boys, we have, we have lots of flash. Of the superheroes, there's flash, there's black <laughs> panther, there's, um, I, I I run out with some of the names. So I have their names that they come in here and say, what are your superpowers? This is what it's this. And I really help them. Again, we, myself, River, and again, I have a therapist too. Really help them just envision themselves as this person who has, if you would have this superpower, what is it? And mm-hmm. how do you live it? Not just out there in the, you know, in the ethers, but how are you living it every day in your life? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You so, you re- you do realize I'm going to have to get you on here again. I would love to do that. Next time we'll bring River with us. Well, here's one of the things, and I just had um, Jennifer, who is the new executive director of behavioral health at University of Maryland. Oh, yes, I work with Jennifer. Okay, I just had her on, and we talked about, you know, well, of course, behavioral health and everything and Klein Center and uh, but I even told her I would love to get a group of people that deal, you know, with like with what you do, what Jennifer does, Paige mm-hmm. Mahal has a couple different. There's so many different people out there that deal with people about mental health yeah. all the time, and just to get a group of us and talk about it because I think it's something that a lot of people overlook. Oh yeah, unfortunately, and especially with kids. I th- I, well, you already shown that when you said you did a search and only found three doctors. Right. I mean, that's that's just and that's sad. It is very sad, and it's worrisome. And the yeah. fact that again, the the rates of harm, not not serious harm, is increasing. I mean, I, I just think about it. Why would a ten year old want to hurt themselves? Yeah. Why would a ten year old want to die? Yeah, it it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, just, it really doesn't, but it's happening. And I'm, and the thing is, I mean, there's granted. Let's let's face it, our world is getting worse for that with social media, you know, TV, the movies, the games, and everything. I know. How can you keep kids and everybody else away from that stuff? You even the books nowadays. Right. You, you can't. It's hard to keep them away from it, but you got to. 
you have to put boundaries and and right. not, not just setting boundaries but also offering other alternative activities and actually just being present yeah but I think the other thing is, too, because a lot of kids look at, whether it be the movies or the games, and they think that's real life. And they yeah. have to understand, people, they have to be told and understand the difference. No, this is not real life. Really this is fantasy. Keep in mind, your favorite actors that you see in these movies and TV shows, they that's fantasy. That's not right. the real world. That doesn't happen like that. And I know, I know it's hard to explain that to kids. Some kids don't get it, but then again, maybe some do, you know, even if you could change that one person's mind, right? then you made a difference. And again, that's the thing, explaining it to them, just being able to, again, sit and have regular conversations with them, which is where, mm-hmm. again, seeing having a, either a therapist or someone that they can see regularly in different conversations, you, you drive this internal sense of, okay, this is what this is. Yeah. And also, I like to, oftentimes, just to inspire children, not just to be the consumers of the games. Again, Fortnite or Minecraft. For, Minecraft is good. Now, the Fortnite, for whatever reason, the Fortnite and Call of Duty, it just... Uh, it, <laughs> <laughs> I don't what happened to good old Solitaire? It rages me. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they just... They, they, they get to raging. Like, a yeah. dad, mom and dad... We need to set time, time limits on how long they can be on these games. And you on know? social media. And, yeah, online, period. You know, but the thing is, we we indulge our children with all these bells and whistles and toys. And then sometimes if they don't do one thing that we ask them to do, again, oftentimes some of our ADHD children, their attention is as, as long as, you know, mm-hmm. as, it, short, as short as it gets. And if you ask them to do something once, you ask it twice. With most ADHD children with attention deficit disorder, they oftentimes have such a difficult time just transitioning from one activity to the next. So you almost have to set timers for them, okay? With them, you almost have to tell them something five or ten times before they get up and before they're able to get up and do that. So if you give them all these tools and then the minute you ask them to do something and they don't, then you want to pull and yank all of it away. Mm-hmm. I've seen many cases where children, again, mom took their phone away or their their game away or their iPads, the iPod or their earphones, their music, and they wanted to commit suicide. I've had to care for children in the ER. One young girl who tried to hang herself. Oh, my God. Because mom took away her phone. <sighs> so, um, so I always caution parents, again, when we introduce these toys and these wonderful gifts to our children, when it comes time to taking it away from them, let's have, let, let it be a process. Letting us be taken away like that because it either A, didn't do one thing or another. Um, set phases where we could say, in 30 minutes or in an hour, we're going to do this. And then in, after the hour passes, or say 30 minutes later, okay, we've got 15 minutes left, just set a timer and give yeah. them reminders so that it's not okay well i asked you to do this 10 minutes ago 20 minutes ago and it's not done give it give up the phone or give up your game um it just creates a a shock to their system so transitioning from one thing to another we have to just slowly help them move from that you know to do so subtly yeah we're not creating a shock for them so the video games since they are I want to say some of them are wonderful. Some of them are scary. Some of them are, they're addictive, actually. We have children today who are just addicted to these games. Um, so we really have to set timers with them. And and then when you do that, because it sounds like the games are either, A, taking care of our children today. If we take away the games, we have to create other activities right. that the children are doing that are wholesome and, and fun to them. And actually just being outside a lot of our children today don't spend time outside. No, they don't. And there's so many activities. Of course, with the coronavirus today, why show the coronavirus? This has been a wonderful time. Actually, we share with children go up the hiking, really exploring the outdoors, um, the woods. I say go into. Oh the yeah, woods. fall's the perfect time. It really is. And then, so even during the summertime, or yeah, when all this started, so 
with some of the homeschools with some of the children, some of the activities which I totally appreciated with some of the schools here in Hartford and Cecil County, the assignment was to go outside in your community or in your backyard and find XYZ leaves and identify them. So that's biology right there. Um, now, she was like, well... Sounds like being in the scouts. <laughs> right. <laughs> One young lady said, well, I had to pick leaves. What is that about? And then, you know, you get the chance to explain that to them in specific details. Like, oh, I never looked at it that way. So having regular conversations with young people, I think it's just... It's it makes just, a big difference. Yeah makes a really big difference audrey i want to thank you so much and i'm definitely going to get you on again because i know there's a lot we didn't cover i know there's a ton we didn't cover but i do want to ask you this if there's one thing one thing that you could tell whether it be kids or parents um what would it be that there is no health without mental health. Um, our mind, our uh, mental well-being is what drives all of the rest of our, our senses, our physical being. So it's really important that we, again, as a community, be it a family unit or just operating in the community as a whole, um, that we actually take the time to listen to one another and just as one of my children, one of my children within the clinic says, for parents, be able to give, allow your children to know that they have a sense of it. One kid said, I don't, I, I feel like I'm trapped. Mm-hmm. I don't have a sense of agency. Just be able to allow children, the fact that their children doesn't mean they don't have opinions. In fact, they have great opinions and two fantastic ideas. Allow them that opportunity to express them. Yes. And give them a sense of agency to know that, okay, well, we have to do this, but you have some say in what we're doing. And I want you to be able to, to express that and, and do so freely. I like that. That's great. Tell everybody the website and how they can get a hold of you. Um, Norkerservices.com is our and, website. And I'll have a link in the show notes for it as well. Norkerservices.com. We have, again, the private practice portion, and then we have a foundation. And then the foundation, our foundation piece of the organization um, is where we do our supportive employment. Again, our goal here at Norcrest Services is to help clients recover from mental illness. I mean, we have people who suffer with such debilitating mental illness that they're not able to work, they're not able to, because of the anxiety or depression or what have you, they're never able to really function in life. So I'll go, once we get them treated, stabilized on medicine and really doing well again, there's nothing that makes someone feel so worthy as being a productive member in society. And right. one of those ways of doing feeling that is to be able to do something to work and feel like you're contributing in some way or another so with that once we get them stabilized we work to get them employed if they want to or not if not employed not gainful payment employment then doing some volunteer activity within the community so our foundation does that aspect of of services that's great because we always need volunteers oh yeah that's a that is huge. Hey, actually, where you're located in Havre Grace, right? Right, we're three buildings down from Hartford Memorial Hospital in Havre Grace, six eleven South Union Avenue in Havre Grace, Maryland. Okay. Well, God, anybody that doesn't volunteer in Havre Grace, they're missing out on a lot. I know. There's so many beautiful things there. What's the uh, the one group? Cat. Citizens, Cat. The Citizens Against Trash or whatever. Okay. I had I had them on, and that's what they they just. Go around picking up the trash because, you know, let's face it, after an event in Haverty Grace, there is going to be trash. There really is. Yeah. yeah. Has some wonderful, again, they have wonderful, again, different organizations. You just have to take your pick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, there's so much to do up there. There's so many. Th- oh, don't even get me started on the volunteer part. <laughs> <laughs> Audrey, thank you so much. And once again, Anytime you want to come back on, please let me know. Cause like I said, I know there's a lot we didn't cover. And if you want to be part of that round table, when I, when we can meet in public, uh, I do want to make that happen. And I would love to have you on, uh, if that's okay with you. I would love to have that rich. And thank you. It's been my pleasure. Well, thank you. Tell, right. Ri- tell river next time. I will tell her that. <laughs> okay. You take care and have a you good night. Too. I want to thank Audrey for coming on the show once again. And if you need them for anything, please give them a call, 
526-6133 and go to their website, Norcris Services. That's N-O-R-K-R-I-S services.com. And of course, you know what I'm going to say. That's right. I want to remind everybody, please leave a review of the podcast. It's It goes a long way, believe it or not. It helps with a lot of things. And I make it easy for you. All you have to do is go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash harco living. Again, that's lovethepodcast.com forward slash harco living. And in the future, I will be giving away more things like I have in the past. So that's to anybody that leaves a review. It doesn't matter if you left it in the past. If you leave a new one, everybody goes into the hat for the drawing. And also buy me a coffee. <laughs> that's right. That's, you know, I, I have my sponsors, but the little donations that come from you, the listeners, makes a big difference too. And you can make a donation by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Harco Living. Again, that's buymeacoffee.com forward slash Harco Living. It could be $3. You can buy, you know, one coffee for $3. You can buy me three coffees. It's up to you. You can actually become a monthly subscriber or an annual subscriber. Annual subscribers, I am going to send you something special. So again, it's buymeacoffee.com forward slash Harco Living. And I want to wish everybody a healthy, wealthy, and prosperous new year. So I am sitting here today. I have a young lady on that is a very talented photographer, Emily Adolph. And she's got something very special, especially if you run a nonprofit. Oh, she's got something special for you. But... If you just need photography in general, you want to get a hold of her. So how are you doing, Emily? I'm doing good, Rich. Thank you for having me on today. Oh, my pleasure. Tell us what it is that you are, this special that you're running. Yeah. so Special from- for special people because you're special, right? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So <laughs> what I'm offering is free photography services to nonprofits here in Harford County. And um, initially, I was running it from now until the end of June. But what I've decided to do is extend it out. Um, so now I'm right. offering it from now until um, the end of August. So until August 31st, that that you know weekend. Um, figured you know it's a it's a busy time of year season for mm-hmm. you know nonprofits having events in the summertime. Um, but yeah, really just want to support, help nonprofits capture you know moments and and the. Um, experiences of the events that they're hosting without having to, you know, worry about funding the photographer. Um, so yeah, that's just a little bit about, you know, what I'm, I'm giving back to the community. Which is great because a lot of your nonprofits don't take photos of their events and they should be on their websites. I agree. You know, even for upcoming events, you know, it's nice if you had the photos from last year to, to ask, Hey, look, this is what we're doing. This is how good it is. Yeah. And also, but you also do other types of photography in case somebody wants to hire you, right? I do. Yeah, I do portraits, families, event, you know, other events, musicians, bands. Those are my my key focuses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how does somebody hire you? How do they get in touch with you? Yeah, they would just go to my website. So it's www.emilyadolf.com. So that's E M I L Y A D O L P H dot com. Well, first of all, thank you for doing that because that's awesome. And especially now, a lot of your nonprofits are struggling because you're just like all of us, inflation's hitting them hard. Yep. You know, and you have, you know, some venues around that shut down. So some of them are struggling to find a place. And here you are reaching out to help. And for those of you that don't know about Emily, this is Emily just loves to help people out. I do. So help her out as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, hire her for your photography. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Rich. <laughs>